Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have our next guest, Tiffany Oda, who is Senior Program Manager at Salesforce. Tiffany specializes in community infrastructure, processes, automation, and operations, and she is super passionate about it. Today, she talks about how operations fit into a community strategy, how to balance manual work with automation, and shares her advice for community professionals who are just beginning their automation journey. I'm so excited to have you on with me today. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiffany. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. First question. (laughs) Can you describe what Salesforce is and what you do in your role? Recognizing we only have 15 minutes and Salesforce (laughs) is a giant corporation. Yeah. I mean, lots to do with Salesforce, um, but all in all, it is an integrated customer relationship management platform. And it really just helps provide companies a 360 degree view of their customers throughout the entire customer lifecycle, whether it's through sales, service, marketing, and even other parts of the business like community. Perfect. Okay. And then what exactly do you do at Salesforce? Yeah. So I am the senior program manager on the Trailblazer community team, and I really am behind the scenes for everything in the community. So that's building out the processes, finding those process points where maybe like efficiency, scalability, automation could be applicable, working on the tech stack, managing the roadmap. So kind of making the wheels turn behind the scenes to make sure that everything is seamless in the front end of the community where our community members live. I really like that. And I, so you are more on the automation side than like the engagement side of the community. So how did you find yourself in the automation part? I came from a program management background and also kind of helped start building community at a previous company. It was a startup and found myself really liking kind of that balance between the backend programs, processes, automation part, but also still kind of having the ability to work directly with the customers and the community, you know, listening to them, finding out what they want, and then helping to build those processes out to support them. The way that you talk about automation, I mean, I think a lot of people um, get a little bit scary or scared when they talk about operations and processes and stuff like that, because especially for community, it can be hard to find the balance between like, automating everything um, and losing that personal side of community management. So how do you, what do you say to that? How do you find that kind of balance between the personal touches and the automation? I feel like automation is oftenly, oftenly, I'm not sure if that's a word, put on a pedestal (laughs) where it's like, oh, wow, automation, that is the sleek and sexy. And that's what everyone strives for. Even in CMX industry report, it said 37% of people say that their efforts are manual and not automated. And you know what? Like, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because at the end of the day, with community management, you never want to lose that personal touch. You always want to be building those relationships, establishing that rapport. And I think there is a right time and place for automation. So, you know, for example, anything like support related or process oriented where it's like you follow step one, two, three, four to do this, that might be something that's good to automate or build a process around. But 
in terms of like community engagement or making sure that the community feels supported or I don't know, like helping someone who's having a problem, you know, maybe like getting onboarded into the program. You never want to lose that personal touch. And so in our team, we we kind of separate those two. It's like what is support and what can be built to scale and automate? And then what are those maybe non-scalable pieces as well? So for example, one of the things that I like to say is wait, don't automate especially for a growing community that's just starting out or, you know, just kind of starting to hit that development path. It's actually really good to do processes manually and get in the weeds and figure out what your pain points are and document everything. And then that way, when you work to build the automation, you can actually get a sense of, okay, well, which pieces are stable enough where you can automate it? And then which pieces is better to stay manual because that could definitely be the case if there's like exceptions to the process or you find, you know, people just need more handholding there. So you don't want to automate right at the get-go. You know, oftentimes, especially your needs change and automation does cost a lot of money. It takes a lot of time and resources. It requires a developer and, um, you know, you don't want to waste those precious resources if you end up having to change the process six months later. So yeah, I don't think automation is scary. I think it's great and it really helps our team, especially, you know, we have so, our, our community is so large. We really can't do everything manually. But at the same time, like there is a lot of value in, in that personal touch and you don't want to lose that. Of course. I think that's such good advice to, you know, at the beginning, focus on doing things that are totally unscalable so that, like you said, you can figure out which parts you can automate later so that you can have more time to keep the personal outreach and that engagement, that kind of engagement side of things. And so now you work on a large team. You are an operations person on a larger team of community uh, professionals. And so Oftentimes, uh, you know, an entire community team is made up of just one person. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question and maybe a lot of other people's question is like, is it possible for one community manager to wear all of those different hats, the strategist, the operations, also the engagement? Yeah, I mean, honestly, some people just don't really have the choice. They have to because, you know, they are that one person community team. And I give huge kudos to all of you solo community team people out there. In my opinion, I think that would be really difficult and you're not really utilizing that person to the best of their abilities and setting them up for success. I mean, some people just have different skill sets. You know, for example, I am not creative at all. And I was once put in charge of um, creating swag and literally just stuck our logo on a bunch of t-shirts and it was awful. (laughs) I don't think any of the community members appreciated it. And, you know, some people, you know, are are really good at that. And some people are really good at that engagement, that front of the house, working with community members, talking with them every day. You're amazing at it, Beth. And, you know, uh, some people are better in the, in the back end with the programs and the processes and the operations. So I think there, you know, are definitely people who could do both. But for a building, like for building community and developing it, you're going to be spread so thin and it's hard. So I would say, no, it's not really possible, especially once you hit kind of that like projectile growth phase. You know, it it becomes very difficult to kind of balance, you know, working on both. I think there's also a time and a place. So when you, you know, when you're first starting, 
you want to build that infrastructure. You kind of want to build that base so that the community can grow. And then once it starts reaching a little bit of momentum, that's when you really want to start on that community engagement and working and building and growing new membership. And and then as you progress even further with kind of the retention, keeping those members, you know, each of those are different skill sets. And so I think as you're building a team, you need to be mindful of that throughout the process. So that's, you know, it, I think all in all, to answer your question in short, it is very difficult to do both, but is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate your honesty. And so then that brings me to my next question, though, mm-hmm. about the community operations as a role. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I don't know very many community operations specialists or the people who work in operations, but specifically for community. Are you a unicorn? Like, I don't know. Are there tons of you out there who do this sort of work? Where do we find them? Yeah, I have found a couple spread throughout um, and I've talked with a couple of them out there. But I think this is definitely a field that, you know, needs to become more well known. And I know community itself is still pretty nascent in its uh, evolution, I guess. but. You know, I do think that there is a need for it. And, you know, I think hopefully it, it does become more mainstream. So I'm actually currently working on a community operations playbook with, um, you know, details of, of everything that we've talked about, plus kind of some, you know, more specific projects like segmentation, like user groups, and from an operational perspective, how I've supported those. Um, and hopefully starting to have a little bit more conversations with people who are more interested in the operations side of community. Totally. Can you put me on the list as one of the first people to get access to that, please? Um, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, and one of the things that I'm kind of on the top of my mind right now is wearing both of those hats. And I think there's a lot of people who you know, are struggling with how do you find the things you can automate now that you're at this point where you just might not be able to handle it all by yourself anymore. And so question about the platforms and the the nitty gritty part of operations, like what advice do you give someone who is beginning to choose platforms or is beginning to look at automation and operations? For me, I always recommend taking a step back and starting with the basics. So, you know, you want to think, okay, what is the gap right now? And what am I looking for this tool to accomplish? And then writing a set of requirements. So we love getting feedback from the community. If you're at that stage, find out kind of what they're looking for. So whether it's like an event management platform, whether it's the online forums and answers, you know, they have a lot of input and they're the ones who are in it every day. So you want to get feedback from them. And then also getting feedback from internal stakeholders, um, you know, your your fellow teammates or, you know, your customer success organization or anybody who touches the community kind of getting their input too. And then putting together the business requirements. What are your absolute must-haves? What are your nice-to-haves? And then kind of forming, I'm also a data nerd, so I am fully metrics-driven. And so coming up with kind of those base metrics of like, okay, where are we at right now? And what is this tech platform going to get us to? And that's kind of side note, same thing with automation is you want to come up with those base metrics and then figure out, okay, well, where is that automation going to take you to? So kind of those before and after metrics. And then you kind of want to, you know, create that business justification. You want exec support right off the get-go. So come to your exec team with the business requirements, why it's needed, what benefit it's going to have for the organization and the community. And then be realistic with regards to budget and timeline as well. You know, that's something that I know that they appreciate. 
And then really it becomes doing your research. You know, I know that talk with other community people, they're always so willing to have open and honest conversations, start talking with the different vendors, and then maybe even do like a proof of concept where they do a little pilot or a little beta using your you know, infrastructure um, and just really do an assessment of the tools. And then from there, honestly, it kind of becomes very similar to any, you know, vendor procurement type process. You want to, you know, make sure it fits your needs. Um, If there are any gaps, you know, is it on the vendor's roadmap to eventually add that feature in? Is it a negotiable or a deal breaker for you? And then kind of just making that decision from there. Okay. I think people are furiously scribbling those notes down. I really love that you mentioned talking to the community because I think that that's something a lot of community professionals sometimes forget, but like that should be one of your first steps. Like, what do you all want? What are your favorite things? What are your, what's missing? Like asking the community is such an important component of that, that journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our community is, is, very vocal and they, you know, we love it. We love hearing their feedback. They, you know, give us very honest opinions. And I feel like that's very true for all communities um, with, you know, the companies that they're a community of. They, they just love, you know, giving that feedback and being heard. Totally. Okay. I feel like we could talk about this more because selfishly I'm, I like really want to learn more about this (laughs) stuff. Um, But we only have time for the last question, which is, of course, the question I ask everybody. What is a memorable moment that you've had with your community? There have been so many, honestly, and I'm sure everybody says that because working with the community is so great. But um, every year at Dreamforce, which is Salesforce's huge conference that we do in San Francisco every year, um, minus COVID, we have a community group leader event. It's usually early, early in the morning before the actual Dreamforce content starts and our team comes together and kind of just presents, you know, the year in review, how we grew, any new things that we implemented and talking about the roadmap for the future year. And the last Dreamforce, I think it was the 2019 one before COVID happened, we had about like 500 or 600 leaders come in and we um, asked the new leaders to raise their hand and there were like, I would say 60% of the room raised their hand and they were just so excited to be there to meet other leaders to kind of like, they were all immediately like family with one another. And it was just such a warm, fuzzy feeling just to see everybody from around the world come together for this. And I don't know, it just gives you the warm and fuzzies because it's like, these people are their customers and they just do it for the love of the community and the love of the product. And, you know, it was just a really, really great event. I think that is such a wonderful story. So warm and fuzzy. I also think that this is a really good reminder for people about the magic of community because to remind everybody, Salesforce is a CRM, (laughs) which is like, you know, not a rock band or like not something people would typically, you know, think people would get together and be super excited to talk about. What are you talking (laughs) Um, about, Beth? It's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) But here you've created a space for people to come together from all over the world and bond over something that, uh, you know, maybe other people in their lives don't fully understand. So that's just the magic of community, isn't it? It it really is. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tiffany. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.